Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Yellman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Yellman, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics Eastern Conference Finals Series. The Celtics uh, won last night 93-80 to to take a 3-2 series lead, uh, and on Friday, they will be playing in Boston, able to close out the series with one more win and head to the finals either versus the Warriors or the Dallas Mavericks. So last night was a a rare game, I would say, in these playoffs because for most of the game, it was close. At halftime, it was only a five-point margin. The Heat were up... Uh, the Heat were up by five points, um, and that's usually not what what has been happening in these playoffs. Usually, you see twenty point blowouts, thirty point blowouts in some games, um, and that's been you know disappointing as NBA fans, where the playoffs is supposed to be you know a upgrade in competition and and effort and and you know things like that, uh, but it seems like the level of play has just gone down for one team every single game just like either Miami gets blown out or the Heat get blown out um, and we saw that also you know in the Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks series either the Suns got blown out one game or the Mavericks got blown out one game so it wasn't really close and a lot of the series have been like this uh, and yeah so last night was a great game to watch for most of the game because it was close it was back and forth Obviously, there wasn't a lot of scoring. The shooting percentages for both of these teams uh, were not very good. But towards the end of it, one you know the Celtics picked it up. At one point, they had a twenty-point lead, um, and so they ended up pulling away and winning. As I said, ninety-three to eighty. Um, and so, just some stats to think about for the Heat. Obviously, um, their starting backcourt with Kyle Lowry and Max Truce uh, combined for four points, um, zero for fifteen. Um, in 45 minutes combined, uh, Max Struess's only four points came from the f- from the free throw line, um, and that was in the third quarter in two possessions in a row. Uh, but other than that, they didn't score a single point. And so I think that this, uh, I think Kyle Lowry, these playoffs has shown that he's on his way out. I think in hindsight now that contract that the Heat gave him might be one of the worst contracts. In the NBA right now um, and so I think he's on his last leg he definitely looks I don't like to use the term wash but he definitely looks like older lost a step um, similar to I think Chris Paul um, and then Max Struess uh, he's in there instead of Duncan Robinson to play defense and to, you know, yeah, to, put, to play defense and to shoot but he can't really play defense that well and he can't really shoot and Duncan Robinson played 27 minutes last night and had 11 points, 3 for 10 from the three-point line and 4 from 12, which isn't good, but it's better than the 0 for 7, uh, the 0 for 9 that Max Struess had. So I think that the Heat are going to have to, Eric Spolstra and the, the, the coaching staff there are going to have to adjust. Um, you know, Struess has started most of the games in, this, in the playoffs for the Heat. Maybe he shouldn't be playing that many minutes. Um, because it seems that he just doesn't have a rhythm and the Heat don't, you know, they're not afraid to bench players uh, if they're not playing well as they did with uh, Duncan Robinson for most of these playoffs. Then you look at their top-tier guys. Uh, Bam Adebayo played 38 minutes at 18 points, went 8 for 15, uh, 10 rebounds. So that's a solid game for Bam. 8 for 15 isn't the best shooting percentage, especially um, watching the game, a lot of his 
shots were right around the rim, just missing them. And so you want to see improvement from Bam. And, you know, 18 points is exactly what you want from him. That's the perfect amount. But you're not going to win when Bam scores 18 and then Jimmy Butler only scores 13 um, in 40 minutes, going four for 18 and one for five from the three-point line. And so I think this is a similar um, narrative that's been happening for a lot of these you know, stars in the playoffs is that they start off really, really well. Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker started off amazing in these playoffs, um, you know, with uh, against the against the uh, excuse me against the the Pelicans, and then the first few games against the Mavericks. But then towards the end, they kind of you know really played poorly, um, and that ended up their team ended up losing the series. And I think that's something that we see with Jimmy Butler. First game of the se- first game of the series versus the Celtics. They win, and he has 40 points, you know, 17, uh, 17 points from the free throw line, just killing the Celtics. But these past few games, he's been really disappointing. One game, he had, you know, four points. Other games, you know, he's been around that 13 to 15 area, not playing very well, and especially his shooting has just gone down. And so I think that is a testament to how amazing the Celtics' defense is. Don't get me wrong. They have the best defense uh, they had the best defense for most of the year in the regular season, and they've had the best defense in the uh, in the postseason. But Jimmy Butler has to step it up, um, and so does Kyle Lowry. But you know, and so does you know PJ Tucker shooting one for five from the three point line. That's exactly what he needs to do. Um, and then you look at the bench, and you have Victor Oladipo, who one for seven. That's you know we you're the spark plug off the bench, especially when Tyler Hero isn't playing. You can't shoot one for seven. The only really bright spot, I would say, on the bench was Gabe Vincent, who besides the one-for-seven three-point, he shot 50% from the field, had 15 points, um, giving them a lot of good offense off the bench. And I don't think this game would have gone differently if Tyler Hero would have played. Maybe he would have been able to give them you know, 20 points, but that, that would have taken away shots from other players. So I don't think that the game would have turned out differently if Tyler Hero had played. Um, they shot the Heat shot 30 for 94, 31% from the field goal, seven for 45 th- from the three-point line, 15%, and you know almost perfect from the free throw line, which is great. But they got almost, and you know they won most of the categories. Um, they beat the the be- they beat the Celtics in rebounds. They beat the Celtics in offensive rebounds by 13. They beat them in steals and they beat them in turnovers. So I don't know what happened in this game it was just close and then it was just a collapse by the heat um and that's not to take away any credit from the celtics and we're going to talk about them in just a minute but the heat they fell apart um it doesn't seem like jimmy butler was able to handle that pressure pressure and you know with his players around him not being able to make any shots that definitely didn't help him um and it wasn't just the heat you know the celtics really turned it up in the beginning of the game you had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the two stars for the Celtics, really, really struggling. Um, Jason Jalen Brown had, I think, four first quarter turnovers, um, and he ended the game with only four turnovers. So he really improved on that, and and, and you, he had 25 points, leading scorer for the Celtics or for the game actually, and um, and 13 of those points came in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Um, I saw him hit, you know, three three threes, a monster dunk, and then you know uh, a a nice, uh, you know, between the legs, his signature size up pull up over uh, Jimmy Butler uh, to get his thirteenth. So 
he really turned it on and had a really nice shooting night at the end of it 10 for 19 uh, from the field goal and 5 for 9 from the three-point line and Jason Tatum too really really struggled in the beginning um, 7 for 20 from the field goal and 2 for 8 from the three-point line but damn near had a triple double with 12 rebounds and 9 assists did have the five turnovers but I think that the Celtics are absolutely unstoppable when Jason Tatum has six or more assists. And that's something uh, the Celtics coach has spoken about, uh, that he wants every single person on the team to become a playmaker. And I think that's something that he's done. With Marcus Smart becoming more of a uh, traditional point guard, um, and then Al Horford also with five assists. Jason Tatum with nine assists. Derek White, amazing trade that they made in uh, the middle of the season to get Derek White. He had five assists. A lot of these players that you wouldn't think are playmakers are really making uh, big plays for the Celtics team, and it's paying off throughout this entire playoffs, and there are only one win away from the finals. And so besides those two, um, you know, those are the two stars that really struggled, but they picked it up in the end in the fourth quarter where the team needed it the most. But then you look at the the other three starters, Al Horford, 16 points, 5 for 8, 1 for 3 from the three-point line, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He has, oh, and a steal and two blocks. He's just turned his career around from being a washed, you know, I would say traditional power forward to being in a versatile, honestly. I would never think I would call Al Horford versatile, but he can switch on defense. He can shoot the ball. He can take it up the court. He, you know, has pretty good playmaking skills, five assists, as I mentioned, this past game. Um, and he's just changed the narrative about his career um, and is becoming a big, big part of this Celtics of this Celtics run to the finals. And then you look at Robert Williams. He only had six points, two for two from the field goal, but he had 10 rebounds and three blocks and a steal. And similar to Al Horford, he is extremely versatile. Even with um, the bad knee that he has, he's still able to um, still able to switch onto smaller defenders, stay with them, have quick, quick foot speed. Um, and that is really how the Celtics have been able to, you know, win this whole win throughout the playoffs and I think that they are becoming the prototype for for NBA teams all around you want to have versatile bigs um, that can play defense but also can shoot Robert Williams can't really shoot but he makes up for that because he's so versatile on defense that he's able to guard um, he's able to guard you know Bruce Brown or player you know he's able to guard a perimeter player that can't really shoot which helps with you know the spacing um, and then you have Marcus Smart one of the best defenders in the NBA Al Horford who just as I said just rejuvenated his career and then to the two stars obviously in J J Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown um, and then you go down to the bench they only played a seven-man lineup Derek White 14.6 for eight from the field goal five assists two steals and a block Grant Williams not his best game five points two for five field goal one for one for four from the three-point line, six rebounds, no steals, no blocks. Uh, but yeah, Grant Williams, he, he, his effort, uh, what he does for the team is not on the stat sheet. He's also extremely versatile, one of the best defenders in the NBA. Um, and yeah, so I think this is just, this game was all the Celtics. Uh, no, I, no, excuse me. I think the game was um, a, an amazing Celtics turnaround because um, the coaching staff in the Celtics is just so amazing. Um, their head coach is one of the best coaches in the NBA his first year. Um, Ike Ud Udaku, um, something like that. I, I'm sorry if I butchered that, but 
one of the best coaches in the NBA um, and just turned this team around since you know the, that Knicks game when they lost R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett, what's it called, uh, buzzer beater earlier in the season. Um, they were you know out of the playoffs in the East and then went on you know were the best team for the rest of the year in the NBA and that's because of him. That's because his players bought into what he wanted to do um, and so I'm happy for the Celtics. I've been rooting for them and so their one went away. I think they're going to win it. I think they closed it out on Friday in Boston, in TD Garden. Um, I think Tatum has a huge game. Um, hopefully the Celtics win. I'm rooting for them. Uh, but, you know, I think that even if I think the Heat um, are going to have to figure out some things to do in the offseason because, you know, you have Bam, you have Jimmy Butler, um, and you have, you know, Tyler Hero. But besides that, the team isn't so amazing. Um, and, you know, they pride themselves on being a, a great defensive team, but it seems that they just cannot guard anyone. In this series, so I think Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra and Alonzo Mourning are going to have to make some moves um, in the offseason um, after you know this series is over. So now I want to just briefly talk about the Warriors and the Mavericks series. Uh, so the Warriors had won the first three games, going up 3-0, and then the Mavericks, a game four, won 119 to 109. Luca had 30 points. Uh, 14 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 blocks, 2 steals, and everyone really played well. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, 23 points. Reggie Bullock, 18 points. Jalen Brunson, 15 points. Maxi Kleba, 13 points. Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 points. Uh, Frank Nielkina had 5. Davis Bertan had 5. But, you know, Frank Nielkina plays really uh, good on, really well on defense. Um, but yeah, so that's the difference between the first three games and game four, is that they're, they're the the, the role players for the Mavericks were hitting. Dorian Finney-Smith, 4 for 7 from the three-point. Reggie Bullock, 6 for 10. Jalen Brunson, 1 for 2. Maxi Kluba, 2 for 3. Dinwiddie, 2 for 5. You know, Frank Nikino, 1 for 1. Um, so they shot uh, they shot 46.5% from the three-point line, 50% from the field goal. Um, and, you know, out they had more assists, more rebounds than the Warriors, more blocks, and less turnovers. So... Mavericks, that, those were kind of the games that we saw them play in the Suns series. Uh, just their the role players shooting lights out. And so do I think that the Mavericks are going to come back and win? Um, come back and win and, and come, ba- come back from 3-0 and win the series. So they're playing in today on Thursday. They're playing in Golden State. And I think that if the Mavericks are able to win this game, I think this game will go seven games because we've seen throughout the playoffs that the Mavericks role players, Luka and Jalen Brunson, really show up every single game. They're the only really two consistent uh, players on the Mavericks roster. They, um, The role players show up when they are at home. Obviously, they must more feel more comfortable there with the crowd and everything um, in their own locker room and whatever the whatever they feel their home court advantage is. And we saw that in the in the Sun series, they were getting obliterated when they were playing in Phoenix, but then they were beating the beating the Suns by 20, 30 points at home at um, at home. Um, the only one game that that was kind of flipped was Game Seven when they were playing in Phoenix, and Luca had an amazing game. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, all the other role players played amazing. So I think if they could have a, a game like that where at home, 
if they can have a game like that away, like they did in Game 7 against the Suns, then I think they'll win game tonight. Um, that would be Game 5. Then I think they'll win Game 6, um, and that would be 3-3 three to three series. And then Game 7, and I'm not going to predict what happens in the Game 7 because anything happened in the Game 7. We saw again, we saw what happened with the Suns and the Mavericks, and I don't want to hold anything against Luka. I think there's, meaning, there's nothing he can't do. He is just... I can't even, he's just, he's the best player in the NBA right now, uh, left in the playoffs, either him or Jason Tatum, and he's just been playing out of his mind, carrying this roster, um, and next week, we're going to be talking about, you know, free agency, and what I think um, teams can do, where I think these big agent players are going to go, um, and so I think a lot of, I think the Mavs are going to spend a lot of money, I think the, they see what they have in Luka, um, and they see what they have in their other role players. Like Finney Smith is really good. I like Reggie Bullock, Spencer Dinwiddie, Maxi Kleba. But they need to get some, some, some rim protection and some, you know, I would say some muscle, like you know M- Morris Brothers or you know PJ Tucker, players like that. Um, so I think they're going to spend a lot of money, but that's for a different episode. But for right now, I think that the I think the Mavs do have a chance. I think they do because the Warriors sometimes look really, really sloppy. And, you know, they have a lot of players who are playing well. Curry's playing really well. Wiggins, well. And, and Draymond Green is doing his thing. Uh, but besides that, um, you know, Clay Thompson has really struggled. Kevon Looney is not at all uh, James Wiseman. And I think the Warriors are really missing James Wiseman right now. And then you have Kaminga's playing really well. But there's so only so much a rookie can do. And Jordan Poole also, I think he's similar to Clay Thompson. He can be on one night for 35 points, but then a different game, you know, score 10 points, uh, you know, one for nine shooting. So I think that, um, I think the Mavericks do have a chance. And so I'm, I'm rooting for them. I love a comeback story. I love Luka. Would Celtics, Mavericks finals would be really fun, I think. I think the Celtics would end up winning, but I think it would be just fun. I like watching Luka and I would love to see him play more games. Um, and it's not like the Warriors haven't blown, uh, blew a 3-1 comeback before. And I'm not saying that LeBron, or I'm not saying Luka is even close to LeBron. That year, LeBron was on something else, maybe one of the best basketball seasons we've ever seen, um, and especially playoff runs. But if the Mavericks can figure out Jason Kidd is a great coach, they have good coaching staff. Um, so if they can win tonight, game five, I believe that they will win game six. And if they can make it to game seven, anything can happen. Uh, so yeah. Rooting for the Mavs and the Celtics to get to to win their to win their games, um, and yeah. So thank you guys for listening. This is the second episode in a row that we're uploading um, in this summer vacation. So hopefully we're going to be able to continue to upload. I'm not going to be able to upload on the weekend. I'll be going away. But besides that, we'll be back on Monday, Sunday or Monday, uploading episodes, um, which was you know really exciting. And I hope you guys will in, enjoy that. So yeah, thank you guys for listening and goodbye.